This is Five Mike. Of course, sales were both bragging rights and the mark of a business acumen. But there were other achievements and accolades that become equally, if not more important. Eric B. and I were among a handful of artists who received the coveted Five Mike album review in the Source magazine, which in those days was the highest honor a rapper could receive. To some, more sought after and career defining than a Grammy, than a Grammy, than a Grammy. What you looking for five mics? In 1988, hip-hop was introduced to five mics. To get a mic check, me and my guest. How many mics do we rip on the deli? Last Breath Entertainment and the Great American Hip Hop Debate Podcast. Present Five Mics, where classic albums get dissected, re-reviewed, and re-rated. The year is 1990. The movers and shakers have taken over the city streets and New York's crack epidemic has all but hit its climax. Then Mayor David Dinkins had his hands full with epic crime numbers. There were over 2,000 murders in NYC in that year alone. In music news, MC Hammer was all over the charts. Then you had groups like Salt and Pepper, Tribe, and Digital Underground along with solo acts like Lord Finesse, LL, and Ice Cube, all making noise in their own way. Step in Eric B. and Rakim, with their powerful mix of funk samples and intelligent lyricism. They had already taken the world by storm with their first two albums, and were looking to 3 with this next one titled, Let the Rhythm Hit Them. Welcome to Five Mics. So, 1990, um, hip-hop was going through a change in the sense that um, we, were leave- we were attempting to leave the commercial success of MC Hammer. Yeah, to or we were attempting to counterbalance the commercial success of MC Hammer, which was like pop hip-hop. Right. Um, Salt and Pepper had dropped an album earlier that year. Uh, Digital Underground also had dropped an album earlier that year. A Tribe Called Quest had dropped an album a few months before Eric B. and Rakim, um, as did Public Enemy. So I think this is when we start to see that New York is starting to try to bring a different sound. Different sounds are coming out. Tribe sound, Public Enemy sound, different forms of production, hard-hitting street music. but also, Yeah, exactly. Um, Ice Cube was dropping... His first. And second. All within the same year. Poor Righteous Teachers had dropped. Yep. 
um, and then Hit June and Eric B and Rakim drop. Their third album, which surprised me. I thought this was their second album. Really? Um, but in doing research, it turns out to be their third album. Now, in that age of 1990, artists weren't exactly expected to live up to a third album. Yeah, yeah. the, li- the life expectancy for rappers wasn't that long. Yeah, hip-hop was still burgeoning, and, and l- careers in hip-hop weren't really a thing yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, this album started with Paul C. as the head producer. Yeah. Paul Sad. C. Um, was unfortunately murdered in, in the his, year of 1989. In his own house, man. It's terrible. Um, his protege, who would... Um, go on to become a hip-hop legend in his own right, Large Professor. That's right. Took over the uh, production duties to complete the album. Um, again, I was confused because I thought Eric B. did the production. Nah. Rakim, bo- both, of them, both of them did. But Rakim, like, for the first two albums, he handled a lot of the production. You know, obviously Eric B. helped. Right. And then they brought in Paul C. And then Paul they brought C. in Large Pro to... Yeah. to to, I guess, uh, assist them with producing what would become this classic album. Now, um, when this album dropped, it was deemed a five-mic classic. Yeah. And we're here today to re-review and re-rate the album and see if the five-mic rating holds up now some 30-plus years later. Or 30 years later, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, do y'all remember? Um, I was a kid when this came out. Yeah. I, was. Um, I don't recall it existing. Until later? Until later. I was 13 when it came out. So, I, I mean, obviously, the singles were um, Let the Rhythm Hit Em, uh, In the Ghetto, and uh, Mahogany. I heard both In the Ghetto and uh, Mahogany. I remember hearing as a kid. How about you, Mook? Do you remember this album releasing when you were a kid? Not exactly. I remember the singles off the album, but I, I don't if I knew about the singles even back then. You know, Eric B and Rakim were like, you know, gods at the time, and a lot of their music w- will ring bells, but possibly not the cuts off this album. You know. See, I agree, because I feel like I knew Rakim existed. I knew Eric B. and Rakim from Paid in Full. Um, I guess maybe I just wasn't in the loop enough to know that when this album came out, because I don't think the singles on this album surpassed the previous singles. Yeah. Um, no. I could be mistaken, but I don't believe they did. Um, to get into the album, I, I listened to the album multiple times in... Um, I partnered it with the Rakim book. Okay. Um, that Which came out, dope. and I do believe the the book has the same title. Let the rhythm hit him. Um, so in doing my research, I was listening to the book and listening to the album, and I think that helped me get a better understanding of the album. Uh huh. Um, so I just want to get into the album really quick. Um, the album starts with Let the Rhythm Hit Him. Uh, the title track, I'm assuming, lead single. Yeah. And I mean, this is boom bap 90s, like textbook vintage. Like, yeah. Might be even like 80, 80s. You know what I'm saying? Because it got that sound to it. Like, 
it, it's um they were layering samples. Yes, and there comes a point in the album where you can hear that the samples are layered, and I don't think the technology for mixing was where it should have been, or it just wasn't handled properly. And you can there's a later song that I'm gonna touch on where the the sample <coughs> it just seems mixed improperly. It just seems a little out of place with the track. Well, it's go ahead. Older, dated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think the technology. Uh, limited the sound quality a well, little bit if you remember in the book he even says that, that a lot of the tracks weren't mixed you know what i'm saying that th sometimes a lot of the tracks they would just leave them raw because of the way they sounded and they wanted that sound ah uh, you see that's you know what i'm saying that's good information yeah um it does have a raw sound like i said it has that gritty 90s new york boom bap sound um the beat itself is is simple um and i mean rock him is just non-stop Nonstop lyrics. The song doesn't have a hook. It's just three bars of rock. Him kind of just getting his shit off to three. start the album. You know. Yeah, three verses. Yeah. To to welcome people in. Yeah, and the three verses. I actually wrote that down because that doesn't um, exist anymore. Yeah, that's not a thing that happens anymore. These four and a half, five minute tracks. These three verse tracks. Um, they because of streaming, they no longer really exist. And uh, to go back and hear that. It's it's a little tricky because our ears are now conditioned for shorter songs, but it takes us back to a time. Um, wow, this song actually had four verses. Yeah. Um, but it takes us back to a time when a song consisted of uh, three 16-bar verses. Yeah. Um, you will wait for that next verse. Oh, you will and wait uh, for it so that you can rap along with it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, you were right last night about alliteration. He does. Uh, I push the power that's uh, that's punished and prepare to be a prisoner. Yes, that that is an alliteration. You that is correct. an alliteration. Yeah, um, so that's the second verse of "Let the Rhythm yeah. Hit Him," where Rakim comes in with "I'm pushing power that's punishing, prepare to be a prisoner." Yeah. Now Rakim, um, it goes without saying that he's like master wordsmith. Yeah, lyrically the god. Um, so this was just another, or or or, or this was just representation of his growing talent and mastery of the form of just hip-hop you know yeah it was his, it was his latest display of uh yeah look what i can do yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. and y'all can't yeah. at a time where hip-hop was more competitive and to be the uh, the best mc was you know the goal and yeah and that's what everybody had in mind yeah and that's the thing too where that's where he like, he exerted his lyrical dominance on this song and shit. And I think back then, the only person that was really, like, head-to-head -head competing might have been uh, uh, the person that is rumored he had beef with all along, which was Big Daddy Kane. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, another another cool rap another well, monster. Yeah, and Cool G Rap. Yeah, word. Cool, cool G, G rap. rap was another rap. monster. They were... But the it felt like he was evolving um, on this album for some reason. His content he was definitely lyric, evolved. You know? He yeah. got deeper. Like, he, he just got way deeper on this album than any other album. Like, um, on the first two albums, he was there was a lot of tracks that were, uh, even though lyrically driven, they were still party-focused, and it was yeah. also party and braggadocio in this. But on this, it's just, there's a song where he talks about taking you out into the universe. 
Yeah, his his content had matured, yeah, and, yeah, and his yeah. technical ability had yeah. improved. Had had matured with it, right? Had matured with his ability and shit, with his content, I should say. Right, and I think a lot of the times when we get to talking about these five Mike albums, we're gonna realize that it's a combination of a lot of factors hitting at the right time. Yes. Um. So in this case, it was, you know, Rakim growing into a man, into into the God. Um giving lessons dropping jewels mature content uh along with him mastering like i said the rhyme the 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 tempo the cadence um the syllables of what he's saying the alliterations playing with words yeah and then the production you know to to that matched it yeah the that was the thing too like and he was also able to spit at a tempo that a lot of rappers couldn't do yeah, um, so get into track two, which is called No Omega. Uh-huh. Um, one thing I wrote down was James Brown drums. Yeah, they were a sample on there. And Yeah, the, the, there's a lot of James Brown drums on the album. And yeah. and I think that combined with what we were just saying about Rock Him and his lyrical maturation, um, he was really fucking rapping to these drums. If you listen to the drums, his cadence is, is, is almost mimicking or matching the drums. Word, word. Yeah, he was hitting same on that slow, same pattern of the drums. Themselves. He was basically using his voice as another instrument. Correct, which is something I appreciated. Um, something I didn't like. Uh, this is the second song with no real hook. Um, and I get that Eric B was doing scratches as hooks on but most that of was, these songs. But that was the uh, that was the par for the chorus back then. Back then, the hooks were scratches and shit. Right, right, right. But that um today it gives it that um almost outdated sound where maybe someone who was doing something similar like say uh gangstar theirs doesn't sound as outdated yeah yeah you know what i mean because preem was able to do so he was able to do basically what they were doing but advance it where he was able to make hooks out of other songs exactly so this is primitive um djing basically primitive like hook scratches yeah um and and i just think uh, i i'm sure at the time uh-huh. you know it was uh appreciated more almost probably groundbreaking you know what i'm saying yeah. for this album to have have uh accumulated so many accolades right um it goes to show that the production was probably you know um uh, something they hadn't truly heard uh-huh. and the lyrics obviously were something they they tra- hadn't truly heard uh-huh but just the the lack of hooks um in re-reviewing the album i think it's it's uh it kind of drags and dates the album a little for for me in my opinion yeah yeah they, they predate gangstar by a few years wherein what the scratching on a gangstar album sounds more tight is possibly because of the technology and and even getting into like the james brown samples like you said the first track also got a James Brown sample. They sampled the big payback, but it sounds like he recreated the sample. You, you know what I'm saying? Instead of just taking it right off the record. Yeah, so I think... On, um, thing, yeah. Again, that was all Paul C. and uh, Lord <laughs> Professor. Um, for being a 10-song album, I would say that probably 80% of it is based on James Brown samples and or drums. Uh, yeah, that would be a fair assessment. 
Um, then we get into track three, which is probably one of the most classic hip hop songs. Um, yeah. One of the most famous hip hop songs. And it's got one of the most famous lines in hip hop. Yes. Um, and that is called In the Ghetto. Um, now on this track, Rakim actually slows his flow down. Yes. Um, change of pace, definitely. Yeah. And, and I think it makes it like we need to hear what he's saying on this track like yeah, right what he's saying is so really important yeah, yeah so he slowed it down so that we could actually hear the message that he's delivering about life in the ghetto um which is where hip-hop was birthed and you know and and that's that's where we all come from you know and he actually referenced uh, excuse me i actually wrote down bars where he that's pretty much exactly what he says so rakim says i come correct and i won't look back because it ain't where you from it's where you at, at yep. was that the bar you were referring to yeah one of the most famous lines oh look you see i didn't even know that was a famous bar but when he, yeah it ain't where you from it's it. where you at yeah. yeah and then he has another bar where he says no more props i want property mm-hmm. um so that goes to show that he was thinking beyond the uh the accolades of hip-hop yeah. and, and you know Thinking more into the future, more into the legacy and establishing wealth and stuff. And this is 1990. There, I don't think there was a lot of rappers, um, you know, dropping those kind of bars and those kind of jewels to the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nah, it was definitely, it was different. Yeah. He was on some other shit. At know? this point, um, this was like my favorite track so far on the album. Yeah. But uh, something later on would... Uh, Knock that out of the box. I don't remember. I don't recall in the ghetto like that. Um, I'm not sure if the cut that I heard was different and then there's like a remix to it or something like that. But um, at first I didn't like it. I don't know. I, I didn't click. I didn't know they were saying in the ghetto in the uh, sample. And uh, I after hearing it a few times, I was like, oh, no, I get what they're doing. And, and you know, I, I could understand. And I it did start liking it, you know. But I, to tell you the truth, didn't I don't even remember the track from back in the day. Do uh-huh. you think... Um, you don't remember the video? I don't know. I'm not sure, man. I, I got to go back and, and, like, watch the video. But like I said, I, I heard two different versions. Mm-hmm. And uh, at first I didn't like it. But then I, was, I went back and I was like, oh, no, this shit is fire. Do you think what um, the uh, the sample clarity that you were having trouble distinguishing? Do you think that was more a production error or a technological error of the times? Ah, uh, that's a good question. It could be a little bit of both. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, I uh, think so. Again, Eric B is very uh, he was being very innovative. So there might have been things that he did that at the time were like, oh, and then now you listen to it and, you know, producers have done it over so many times and have advanced that technology that you're like, nah, you know, that's not it. You know, it, it's it's grown light years since. You know <coughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I, I think that's um, another issue with albums that we're going to bump into as we um, go down this road of re-reviewing classic five mic albums Mm -hmm. is that we're going to see that um, the idea and the creativity was there but sometimes the technology didn't allow them to do what they needed to do and that's going to kind of date 
the sound of the albums. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and obviously it's going to be up to, to the individual to decide Discern, if that's yeah. going to, you know, affect their rating today. Yeah. Um, then we get to track four, which is a track called Step Back. And I thought this was probably one of the doper or dopest beats on the album. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Something about it. Me too. It was slapping. <laughs> to, yeah, quote, slap. to quote the, uh, the, the youth. The youth. The um, Rakim had a really smooth flow on this track, which I like to 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 uh, to balance with the beat. Yeah, I thought the the horn sample that they used, I thought it was really dope. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite bars from the song was "My cipher's complete when I build with people I meet." Yeah. Um, you know, my cipher, he's going into his five percent uh -huh. teachings and knowledge. And, you know, just completing it with, with the people that he meets. You know, we are a social creature. Uh, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was dope. The way he said it, the way it sounded, the yeah. message that yeah. he's delivering. Um, Shouts to the Skull Snaps for the sample. Another. And the Black Heat for the samples. Bob go. James, of course. The Mardi Gras. That's in the beat. That's why it slaps so hard. The Bob Mardi James Gras. sample. Oh, okay. Um, another song without a hook. Yeah. Scratching again. At yeah, the and it just a step back. Awesome juice. Not shit. that I was don't like it. You know what I mean? <coughs> the what? Mook, what was the question? No, go ahead, bro. No, no, I was just saying. Not that I don't like it. Because, again, I thought this was a really dope track. I like the beat. I like the flow. But uh, the no hook thing, I and don't know. The, it was kind of getting to me. <laughs> and Large <laughs> Professor. <laughs> I figured that. And Large Professor also sampled... Eric B. and Rakim, he sampled uh, Microphone Fiend on this song. You know what I'm saying? So, so your lack, lack of hooks really got to you, huh? Yeah. Um, I guess, I don't know, I guess because I'm a product of later music and uh, listening to different genres where a uh, hook missing is almost unheard of. I don't know. I know early hip-hop didn't always have a hook, but I was just kind of wishing or, or, or looking for a hook. Yeah. Um, then we go into five, which is like an Eric B solo. There's no lyrics yeah, on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just dope scratching, you know. Um, obviously, it's this dates the album. Yeah, big time. Because this was a mandatory cut on hip hop albums, where the DJ had to have one track where it was just him and the track and him scratching on it. Right. And back then, the scratching skills weren't what they are today what yeah. they are today you yeah. know what i'm saying they yeah. they sound almost uh, amateurish and that uh, that sucks man because i know at the time people was hearing that there was they fucking brains were probably leaking out the side of their ear yeah um and yeah. it was they, they were their mind was blown by these uh these scratching skills that he was displaying <laughs> and you know it, it that is the root that is the uh, foundation for hip hop and the scratches that do exist today are 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 derivative from that. Yeah. But, but to go just, back and hear it now, yeah, it just Yeah, it it's just, hard to imagine like this is where they came from. What the Yeah, what? it's tough. It's like watching it's like it's like seeing a dinosaur again. Yeah. I mean, yes. But yeah. although I'd be mad more excited if I saw a dinosaur. Nah, you know what I mean though. <laughs> um so unfortunately, I think this song really um, brought the album kind of down and stuff. 
I think this this was a big negative on the album grading it today and it's grading it in 2020. I know in in 1990 it was probably like you said a mandatory yeah. and you know people probably fucked with it and stuff. I just think um yeah. plus today, it was I'm good for like if you want to freestyle over it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That true indeed. True. Then we get so, to number 6. Thing- uh go ahead before we get to number 6. Go ahead. Go ahead, move. I was going to say uh, one thing that I thought about it was that um at first, I was like, this is pretty creative that they would do a DJ cut. Because, I, you know, I totally forgot about the DJ cut on the album. And then I went back and I listened to uh, the other two albums, uh, uh, Follow the Leader and uh, Paid in Full. And Eric B did the same thing. So I'm like, oh, man, it's, he's not doing nothing original then unless the rhythm hit him. I thought, at first, I thought it was cool because I thought he was being original. But then yeah. I'm like, damn, he did the same thing on the other two albums. Yeah. But even still, when I go back and I listen to it on this one, this is by far one of the hottest ones. Because you can hear, like, you know, the sample, God dang that DJ made my day. And it's like, he he throws on these dope-ass little samples in there that make you want to kind of, like, get up and dance. And I'm pretty sure that that's why he threw it in there. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes when they're doing a party, uh, back in the day, they were doing a party back in the day, they would have stuff in between uh, performances. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that probably was, that's why it went on for so long as well. You know? Yeah, that shit was. was that's what. That was my in thing. Party mode. Yeah. That was my thing. That yeah. it was long as fuck. Pause. But definitely, um, it should be the best or, or one of the better ones if he's doing it on consecutive albums, because that would mean he's continuing to improve his skills. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I'm sure he but continued to afterwards. You know. Um, then we get to run for cover. Um, did anyone think the baseline sounded mad familiar? Yeah. And did you think it sounded like Know the Ledge? Yeah. <laughs> it does a little bit. See, I think the next track sounds like Know the Ledge. Yeah, you're it's talking about Untouchables. Um, Untouchables sounds a lot like Know the Ledge. Is it? Did I get yeah. my notes? Sounds a lot right? like those. Boom, like, boom, like boom, knowledge. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that's oh, it. Yeah, that's untouchable. That's why. That's one of my favorite tracks. He kills that shit because yeah. he's got to. He's got to spit that rapid flow, and he fucking bodies that shit. And that's where he says this is poetry in motion. Yeah, he kills that shit. He fucking <clears throat> bodies that. Yo. And that's untouchable. Track seven. All right, in this song, then untouchables. Um, he had a bar where he says. Why sell a capsule of crack? I don't have to. Dude, yeah. I rhyme and sign million dollar contracts too. Um, I thought that was just dope for the time. You, you got to remember this is this is like crack era. Yeah. Um, and and Rakim and Eric B. Um, for as much as they're hip hop legends, you know they were in the streets. Um, during their first album for sure, probably possibly their second album or so. Yeah. Um, connected with. Uh, some big time street movers and shakers. Um, so I guess this bar, or or I believe this bar, to be further example of uh, the maturation of Rakim and the the messages that he's trying to deliver to the fan base and to the people. Yeah, nah, um, he kills some shit on this, and I definitely appreciate that. You know, uh, again, this this takes us back to when hip hop was giving us lessons and yeah. giving us jewels and. And raising a lot of kids who maybe didn't have parents or or 
adults around to to you know to give them these life lessons without them having to experience it yeah 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 now nah, this is a crazy track though this is poetry in motion try to stay close then we get to another big track um one of the more famous rock hymn tracks mahogany mahogany it, it's got the classic drum pattern that that's been used Ooh. a thousand times um from biggie's story to tell done used it Akinelli done used it um but i love what rakim does with it yeah. this is the al green sample. this is yeah this is um <laughs> This is Rakim's love song. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is his way of expressing love with his monotone self. Yeah, and this is, I, I wrote down, this was a perfect example of um, the early hip-hop sampling that we were speaking about earlier where uh-huh. it, it just sounds like it's mixed a little off. So there's one sample in particular that when it comes in, it's kind of just like, I don't know, it just doesn't fit to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah not that it's off like time wise just that the way they bring it in and, yeah, in and yeah, out like, sound wise yeah, 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 yeah. it doesn't sound it, it sounds raw um going back to what bs i said earlier about them probably not mixing it to try to keep that authentic raw sound yeah. i think that's that's really on display with the use of the samples in this song um one of <clears throat> one of my favorite bars that he uh dropped in this song uh, she asked, "How come I don't smile?" I said, "Everything is fine, but I'm yeah. in a New York state of mind." That's a sample for the song "New York State of Mind" in the song. Yeah, that's uh, you know, rock him dropping rock him bars um, that would live on for thirty years and be sampled by other artists. Um, definitely one of the most influential rappers. Yeah. Uh, I, no. I think he really influenced Nas with this album because, like you mentioned, I had that written down when he mentions New York State of Mind on Mahogany. You mentioned he says, uh, my cypher complete. And you know Nas says that uh, <coughs> the phlegm on the street, wipe the phlegm off the Tim's, uh, make yeah. my cypher complete. Yeah, but they shit. sampled his voice when he says New York State of Mind. That's in the actual no, song. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is he was heavily influenced by yeah, the yeah, album yeah. in creating Illmatic. You know what I'm saying? Because right. he uses both those 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 elements. And then there's another uh, flow. I think it's on Keep Him Eager to Listen that he's like, it ain't hard to tell. Yeah, so yeah. So I, like, uh, I heard that as well. Yeah, definitely. I think really Nas, has, Nas. Has, has been um, public with his um, credit to rock him. Um, uh, and and I recall Nas being called young uh, a young version of Rakim when he yeah. was first um, coming in the game. <clears throat> Were but um, that just you know that goes back and, and and reaffirms the legend and the um, the lyrical. You know, I hate to say it again, but the lyrical god that was Rakim. You know, he was something that hadn't been heard before. Yeah, he um, was doing shit that was that was being done. Yeah, and this this album in particular, for what it lacks production-wise... Um, more than makes up for it, lyrically. Exactly, exactly. Um, then we get into number nine, Keep Them Eager to Listen. Um, I love, love, love how the song starts. Yeah. How it comes in, I, I really love it. But the song itself, 
there's nothing spectacular about it. Um, even I, I want to say there wasn't even really bars that stood out to me. Yeah. Um, I kind of felt like this might have been the first filler song. Yeah, you think so? Besides the DJ shit. Yeah, I don't even consider the DJ shit a filler song because, like you said, back then that was yeah, just a regular yeah. song that would be included yeah. on the album, so you expected it. So I don't, I don't consider it filler. But this one, due to its just lack of standing out or, or I don't know, I just it wasn't special. Um, it wasn't memorable. It wasn't replayable. And um, it was fucking four verses long. So yeah, it was long, and and I, I think this would be considered to me my first skip um if i were if i were to go back and replay the album right okay um now the fact that it um well no no i guess i'll I'll, I'll go into that later um so after that we get into the last song of the track although my version of the album considered like uh an extended version uh excuse me contained an extended version of let the rhythm hit him the first yeah. song but um on the normal album the last song is called set him straight yeah. again james brown drums rock him riding him um perfectly pause yep. um and again no hook. bobby bird bobby bird yeah what is bobby bird oh sample. the sample oh yeah. well it sounds like uh, yeah yeah and african music machine james brown mr brown but i i did like the album um uh, excuse me i did like this song set them straight um yeah. I, I thought it was a good song to to end the album with um i enjoyed the production on it the no hook thing messed with me again <laughs> but overall lyrically um a lyrically superior album <clears throat> um rock him you know, and Rakim is one of those artists, one of those legends that I believe has received his flowers while still here with us. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't mean he doesn't deserve more. Yeah, Definitely, yeah. you know, flowers and props to him, flowers and props to, to the legend Eric B. Um, the, the combination of the two is something, you know, obviously that's hip hop history. Um, Rakim is in the lore, in the, in the, in the halls of hip hop lyrical legends. Um, Large Professor ended up to become a legend in his own right, yep. producer, rapper. Yeah, working with um, Nas. This, this album, you know, birthed a lot of things. Yeah, I, it was I, a precursor to all of it. Yeah, and like Mook said, um, a precursor to Nas, a heavy influencer uh-huh. to Nas. So, so this album, although it's the third album in their catalog, yeah. it serves as kind of like the genesis to what hip-hop was going to evolve into evolve and morph into you know what i mean um again due to the fact of timing and and what was going on in hip-hop at the time where the reigning king was uh mc hammer yeah no knock to mc hammer i was a fan and you know i probably had the hammer pants but he wasn't the representation (laughs) of hip-hop that we needed or were looking for at the time yeah and uh rakim came in and dropped uh a, a megaton bomb on the game and stuff you know what i mean yes sir yeah. it was uh like i said it was definitely a di- uh another another example of lyrical progression yeah. with the first album then the second album i thought was in my opinion my favorite you know what i'm saying and then this third one 
I, that was actually a question I wanted to present to you guys. Is this um, your favorite Rakim album? Mine is, like I just said, uh, Father Leader was my favorite. Which is the second album? Yes. And Mook? Um, I think my favorite Eric B. and Rakim album is probably... Which one's the one that got Know the Ledge? Knowledge. Uh, 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 Don't Sweat the Technique. That's not Don't Sweat the Technique, right? Yeah, it is. And that's the next album? Yeah. yeah. After this one. That, it may be that one, but I, I went back and listened to Paid in Full, and I really, really fuck with Paid in Full, man. I think, I think that one deserved five mics <clears throat> as well. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, Paid in Full is also my favorite yeah. um, from okay. the Rock Him catalog, and that was the, the debut album. Right. Um, and I also think that album maybe deserved a little bit of a higher rating than this album. Well, it well yeah. Um, so let's get into re-rating the album. Yeah. Uh, oh, before that, I just want to know, did y'all have any favorite tracks on the album? Untouchables is one of my favorites. Untouchables for you, Mook? Yeah. For me, it's uh, Mahajan, obviously, and I like Step Back. Yeah, for me, I think it was definitely Step Back. Um, yeah, Step Back. Yeah, I just think it's a hard song, you know? I just think it's a dope uh, New York, rock him, hip-hop, gritty fucking song. No doubt. Um, let's get into re-ratings, and um, does anyone want to go first? All right, so I'll just go ahead and go first. Um <laughs> When it comes to five Mike albums, <clears throat> um, the way I view them is um, very harshly to be bestowed the five Mike crown to me means that you have produced a perfect album that will remain perfect throughout time. Um, it shouldn't it shouldn't fall to the curse of sounding outdated. Um, and it also shouldn't contain any any skips. There's some people that will tell you a five mic album can contain one to three skips. And that's cool. You know, that's their opinion. Yeah. But uh, in my opinion, when I rate albums, I, do, I, I think a skip automatically drops it from a five mic um, for being a candidate. for yeah, five yeah, mics. yeah, exactly. It's perfect. Um, so with this album, Let the Rhythm Hit Them. Uh, it received five mics in 1990. In 2020, I'm going to have to drop that rating. Um, we don't do half mics. Um, so I'm going to give it four mics. Yeah. Um, the reasons being, again, the, the lack of hooks, um, to me, I don't know. I guess I needed the hooks or at least some hooks. Yeah. Um, the scratch hooks that were there, I think they could have been a little better. But again, they were um, good for the time. Cutting edge. Um, it, it had a skip to me, in my opinion, which would be um, keep them eager to listen, which is ironic because it did not keep me eager to listen. Um, Rakim is a legend. Eric B. is a legend. This is a legendary album. But in rating it uh, for 2020, I'm going to give it four mics. Feel you. Uh, so go ahead, BS, and give me a rating on this album. Uh, I, um, I remember when this, uh, when I heard pieces of this album when it came out when I was younger, when I was a kid, 
And uh, the one song that obviously stuck out was uh, In the Ghetto and shit. I remember the video and everything. And I thought it was dope as fuck. Uh, I would later on, you know, actually listen to it in its entirety and shit. And actually be able to understand what he was saying and shit. And I thought it was complex and shit. But even then, I still thought only being maybe a few years removed it that it did sound kind of dated and shit. It was, it was something lacking that other artists were already doing. By the time I actually went back and listened to the whole thing, right? You know what I'm saying. So, um, and uh, the production, like I said, at the time, yes, it was. I I like most of the production. There was a couple. I I probably skip a couple tracks, you know, here and there. Like the DJ shit, I'll skip, and probably like the last track, I'll skip. You know what I mean? So, but I would have to drop it down to a four as well. Because the lyrical mastery is still there. Like, he's elevating lyrically, but I don't think the production was keeping up. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I'd have to drop down to a four. Four mics from VS. All right, Mook, what you got? Mookie Love, the candy man. All right. <laughs> so, uh, let, me, let me hit the kids with some treats. Um, <laughs> see, that's all it takes the alley oop. That's right there. Originally, I listened to it and I was like, What the fuck am I listening to? Like, this is not Arabian Rakim. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it was like, you know, sometimes uh, artists have albums that get stuck in between two dope projects. Remember, I t- we talked about this and I was like, the second, the second album doesn't normally make you or break you because you could come out of it on the third. You know what I'm saying? Come out of like that sophomore slump. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's no, normally the third one that'll break, make or break you. You know, if you come out with two whack albums back to back, it's a wrap for you. Right. Um. So what I did, I and funny because I did I even talk to VS about this during the week, and I was like, yo, I, I can't get into the album, so. I just went back and listened to like paid in full and he's like, No, I did the same thing and, and and even follow the leader, you know, we started listening to the other albums. And I found that they were getting ready to expand their sound on this album. They were going from like that whole party vibe, like, um, I used to be a sick up kid. I think about all the devious things I did to like, you know, know the ledge to those type of sharp hard hitting lyrics you know and yeah, and changing yeah. the game as well so you know in 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 doing the listening again i'm like man you know i it, it got better and it got better and it got better but still as influential and as dope as the album is i would also have to drop it and I was going to go as far as dropping it down to three and be super harsh with it, yeah. you know, being very critical of it. But I'm, I, I would have to give it four albums. You know, I, I'd, be, I'd be harsh. I'd, I'd be doing them a discredit if I dropped it any lower than four because it is a dope album. It does have songs that are timeless on it. Just um, I just don't feel it, does, it has enough. It doesn't have enough songs that are timeless. To make it a five mic album, right? You know, yeah. So we're all in agreement that, and wow, 
Although this is only episode two, this is the first time that we've had to downgrade an album's uh, rating. Yeah, um, buddy. So it hurts, though. Let yeah. the rhythm hit him is now, <laughs> according to this podcast, a four mic album. It's an MJ. Tongues out, baby. Oh man, I think we might face some backlash from the. Uh, Bring from it. The OG, tell me, tell me why I'm wrong. From the OG, you know. Tell you me know, why I'm wrong. Originally, what I think happened was that whoever rated it, it was dope at the time, and they thought it was going to be bigger than it actually was. And um, we were looking for the actual article of the rating so we could see what the uh, who rated it and what their thoughts on it, what why exactly they gave it five mics. But it it doesn't seem to be available online. Um, If anybody of any of the listeners can find a a link to that, uh, feel free to send it. Also to all the listeners, um, we want to hear your opinions on this Uh album. Um, Does it sound dated to you? Uh, does the lack of hooks mess with you? Do you think there are any songs that are considered skips? And what are your ratings on this album? Um, feel free to drop those at the G-A-H-H-D underscore podcast yeah. page. Make sure you follow that page. Um, and yeah, shout out to Eric B. Shout out to Rakim. Uh, both legends in the game. Shout out to... Um, everything they accomplished and everyone they influenced. Um, but yeah, four mics. Wow, I'm a little four surprised. Mics. I'm yeah. a little. Uh, that's what we're that here for. Great, that's what that. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's the point of this show. And I want to hear from people who disagree. I want to know your thoughts and why you think this does hold up as a five mic classic. Um, I especially want to hear from people who were active and around when this album um came out so make sure you hit the socials and drop your comments ladies and gentlemen that is five mics and uh, make sure you tune into our next episode yes sir five mics over now peace This is five mice.